Welcome into another episode of a Cali Green Monster show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a feel-good Friday, April 30th, 2021. Got a good show for you today, here to recap the first round of the NFL Draft that took place last night, and also talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers basically stealing the headlines in the lead-up to the draft yesterday. So I'll talk about why he did steal the headlines and what everyone's talking about in terms of the Green Bay Packers quarterback. But before we talk some football, this is something I feel like I've been had on my chest that Every once in a while, I'm like, dude, oh, God, I'm going to fucking rant about this on my show. Gets on my nerves all the time. You know, what's one of the biggest pet peeves when you're watching t- TV? Commercials. You know, that's why I think that streaming services are kicking the shit out of cable TV. When you can watch Netflix or HBO Max and go from, you know, skipping commercials you know i'm watching survivor right now on netflix and it's so dope every time you know they leave you for a cliffhanger cliffhanger lasts for like two seconds so you know commercials definitely one of the biggest first world problems i think we have here in america but you know what's even worse than commercials is fucking youtube commercials i swear to god and they like it's almost like the advertisers on youtube just don't fucking get it you know, I understand, you know, a 15-second commercial. You know, let's be real. Those 15-second commercials where you can't skip the ad is probably the longest 15 seconds of your life. And it makes me just so annoyed at whatever product they're advertising because they're now making me waste 15 precious seconds of my life when I want to learn something about whatever Andrew Schultz is saying or whatever Joe Rogan's saying or whatever I'm trying to watch or whatever. I hate when it gets interrupted, you know, but, you know, 15 seconds isn't too bad. What I want to know is who are the fucking jabron fucking advertisers that think it's a smart idea to sicken eight-minute, like, mini-movies as advertisements when I'm in the middle of watching a clip from the Joe Rogan show. You know, when I, my day job, I work in a lab. So sometimes I'll kick on YouTube and just, you know, I have gloves on and I'm off to work and I'm trying to, like, just listen to my stuff. And then a commercial will come on. And then you realize, you know, like three minutes later, it's like, wait, what am I listening to? What the hell's going on? And you go and it's been, you're like, you still have 28 minutes left of an online doctor commercial being like, oh, we're a different kind of doctor here. And it's like, yeah, you're a different kind of doctor. You have no fucking self-awareness that no one wants to hear about this when we're trying to watch YouTube. No, like honestly, it's like I feel like it's like the advertisers that stick these long ads in your YouTube video. It's like you're starting off our business relationship on a very poor, like very poor footing. You know, it's like, I'm already annoyed at you. So the customer's already annoyed at you. So it's like, your product has to really blow me out of the water to now keep take me from being annoyed at you to like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. Thank you for disrupting my day. And what I also don't get is just also you think that the advertising would be targeted. You know, if you're watching, you know, a Joe Rogan video, for example, you'll get advertisement for hunting stuff or beef jerky or like shit that would be considered more on the masculine side if you're watching videos on i don't know more geared towards women you get advertisements that would be geared towards women what's pretty annoying is like you know this morning my son woke up a little early so i had to shower and you know to keep 
you know, keep a one and a half year old occupied, you pop on the YouTube and you throw Elmo or monster trucks on and they're usually good to go. What's fucking annoying though is when you, when Elmo's babysitting my son and the next thing I know, Elmo's not on and I look and it's one of two ads and the first ad still has like two and a half minutes left and it's a fucking bank commercial. It's like, dude, this is an Elmo video. Why are you putting bank commercials in an Elmo video? You know, every once in a while, the commercials are smart, and it's just like Paw Patrol, and it's like, okay, I'll just let that go. It looks like, a, you know, a minute and a half of just like puppy dog, animated puppy dogs just singing and dancing, and my son's pretty content with that. But when you're trying to tell him how to save on a fixed loan or something like that, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. So whoever the advertisers are in the YouTube, whatever data they're getting that says, hey, we should probably stick in 30-minute commercials in the middle of people's YouTube videos, this dude's going to get fucking fired because there's not anyone in the world that I think that appreciates getting disrupted when they're just trying to kick back and relax and either just be entertained or learn something on YouTube. So this was definitely a complaint that was a long time coming. I bitch to anyone that can listen to me about it on YouTube uh, about it whenever it happens. So I'm sure this isn't probably gonna be the first time I rant about it. And I'm sure one day if I ever decide to do some stand up, there will probably be a fuck YouTube commercials bit. But you know, maybe this is the first somewhat run at that. Whether you laughed at it or not. I don't really care. This was just a PSA that needed to get out. <laughs> so transitioning out of me bitching about my first world problems, such as YouTube commercials being too long or inconvenient. Let's talk about the NFL. You know, last night was the NFL draft. A lot of the talk revolved around some of the big marquee quarterbacks that were going to be drafted, like Trevor Lawrence, who was the presumed number one, and that eventually went number one overall to Jacksonville. You know, Zach Wilson, who was who ended up going number two to the New York Jets. A lot of speculation about who San Francisco was going to pick at number three, whether it was going to be Mac Jones or Trey Lance from North Dakota State. But, you know, all this talk about all these quarterbacks, where they were going to go, it was actually a quarterback that was already in the league, already established, a Super Bowl champion, future Hall of Famer, who actually stole the headlines yesterday leading up to the draft. It was none other than the reigning MVP himself, the Green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. ESPN's Adam Schefter was reporting that Aaron Rodgers has told people in the organization that he's unhappy and doesn't want to return. So that was definitely some headline-grabbing news. There was people at my work that normally wouldn't talk football that seemed to be shocked by the news that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to return to Green Bay. Even my wife, who's a casual football fan, and when I mean casual, she's the only adult in my apartment, so if I have to talk football and I just have to get shit off my chest and there's not a microphone next to me, she's the one that gets the brunt of it. So when I told her that Aaron Rodgers was demanding, you know, not to return back to Green Bay, she was definitely, you know, pretty shocked. And, you know, so I mean, if I can shock my wife with some football news, then you know it's a pretty big deal. You know, it's not too often that a reigning MVP doesn't return to his team. I think it's happened only two times in the past, and I think it was back in the 60s, one of them being Cleveland Browns running back Jim Brown, and that was because he retired. So no reigning MVP has ever switched teams, so it's pretty jarring that, you know, Aaron Rodgers wants out. If we can go back to last year, 
I think a lot of people wouldn't be, you know, say that this might be the most shocking. Like it might be surprising that it's actually reached this far. But if you go back to last year's draft, the you know when people were speculating that they were going to invest into bringing maybe another wide receiver or something to help the offensive side of the football, it's like they did end up drafting someone on the offensive side of the football. They ended up trading up in the draft to draft someone on the offensive side of the football, but to the chagrin of Aaron Rodgers, they decided to go with Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. And, you know, when you're training up in the first round to get a quarterback, I mean, you have every intention of this guy eventually playing. And especially in the NFL nowadays, where we see rookies getting in sooner rather than later, it was almost a signal that they feel like Aaron Rodgers' time was probably going to be was probably going to be up. I mean, over the past before last season, you know, his numbers and, you know, production wasn't as we had seen at peak Aaron Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers that was making Stephen A. Smith always call him a bad man, you know, but last year, I don't know if it was the draft pick to Jordan Love that lit a fire under his ass or just, you know, things going on in his life that improved just, you know, his mental health and which translated to the football field. But either way, he you know, played excellent football last year. It was some of the best Aaron Rodgers that we've ever seen, and he won NFL MVP. So it seemed like everything was just peachy. But, you know, in the offseason, you could definitely tell that there was a little bit of, like, choppy waters with, like, a lot of – with the cap situation. So the NFL's cap got lowered to, I think, like $185 million or something like that. So the Green Bay Packers, you know – they didn't have much cap space and you know they were able to re-sign Aaron Jones but I guess that they would have been able to make more cap space if they were to renegotiate Aaron Rodgers contract and I think the caveat with that is if they renegotiated Aaron Rodgers contract and opened up more cap space for this year that would just keep that would just keep Green Bay on the hook for more money for Aaron Rodgers farther down the line. So theoretically, that wouldn't be a bad idea if they feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback for the next half decade or so. But they apparently didn't renegotiate the contract, whether the negotiations were really serious or not. you would think that Green Bay would have made that a priority. So since that didn't happen, that was definitely kind of like a, you know, I feel like one of the a red flag or definitely a warning that, hey, maybe Green Bay isn't as committed to Aaron Rodgers as you would expect a team to be for the reigning MVP. And I guess all season or off season long, the Packers president, Mark Murphy, their GM, Brian Gutekunst, and head coach, Matt LaFleur, each of them flew out on separate occasions to talk with Aaron Rodgers and try to work out, you know, either, you know, a new contract or trying to make sure that they're all on the same page, you know, but apparently that's not the case. So, you know, throughout the offseason, there has been, you know, rumors of teams reaching out to Green Bay about Aaron Rodgers. So apparently before the Rams traded for Matt Stafford, they had inquired to the Packers about Aaron Rodgers and I guess those kind of got rebuffed right away. So then, you know, the Rams focused on Matt Stafford, but I guess in the lead up to the draft yesterday, the San Francisco 49ers I guess had inquired about Aaron Rodgers. So 
there's some there was a rumor going around the internet that San Francisco had offered the number three overall pick, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then maybe some other picks or other players, other pieces to go along with that for Aaron Rodgers. But from what I've read, I haven't read anything that that was actually official. I think it was just more the 49ers general manager reaching out to Green Bay and inquiring about it. So, but either way. You know, Green Bay has shot that down. Brian Guntekunz has come out and said that they have no intention of trading Aaron Rodgers. So even with how disgruntled he is, they haven't, you know, they're basically, you know, drawing a line in the sand and saying that they're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. And let's be real, that's probably what's best for business in Green Bay. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that he gets a lot of hype for how good he is because I feel like he's the reason why Green Bay is always you know, in the conversation at the beginning of the season, every season for being a title contender, because Aaron Rodgers is one of those few people in the league that's a game changer. You know, when he has the his, you know, when he has the football, he could score at any down, you know, any drive, two minutes down, whatever. Aaron Rodgers can get it done, and so like to lose a guy like that, I feel like the Green Bay Packers, they're the success that they've, you know, been achieving over the past decade or so, and especially continuation on from Brett Favre, you know, they may not be so lucky. So maybe Jordan Love is, you know, winds up being the third Hall of Fame caliber quarterback that Green Bay ha- ends up drafting or ends up acquiring at some point. But, you know, that's kind of a stretch. You know, I would hate to be Jordan Love because definitely the Green Bay Packers are a passionate fan base. And there's going to be high expectations, you know, him being Aaron Rodgers' replacement, and especially him probably being one of the reasons why Aaron Rodgers is annoyed. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. You know, Green Bay yesterday, a lot of people are speculating, okay, with all the news that Aaron Rodgers is pissed, they're definitely going to go with an offensive player. You know, I, th- I don't know if I've mentioned before, or maybe I mentioned on this podcast, I'm like, ugh, drawing a blank if, over the last couple minutes. But Green Bay hasn't drafted an offensive player since 2011 except on one occasion and that was last year with Jordan Love so every year since 20 like since 2012 besides last year they spend their first round draft pick on a defensive player and it was the same as last same last night so they used the 29th overall pick on Eric Stokes cornerback out of Georgia so you know couple years ago the 49ers were able to get to the Super Bowl by using their run game and taking advantage of Green Bay's shitty defense and rush defense in particular and you know while they they kind of fixed that a little bit last year I feel like their secondary definitely could be improved and especially in a league that's geared towards offenses and you know you've got the defending Super Bowl champions Tampa Bay Buccaneers in your conference and you know Tom Brady has all of his weapons back so you know getting a top-notch first-round cornerback isn't the worst thing in the world and it's consistent with you know what Green Bay you know it does you know that's what they do they draft defensive players so I think for anything if Aaron Rodgers for him to be upset about how they're drafting that's kind of I don't think you know, I don't think he can really get upset at that because that's just what the Packers do. You know, he's been a part of that organization for 16 years. So that's just what they do. So he can't be upset at that. But I can understand him being upset that they haven't, you know, given him the kind of commitment that a quarterback of his caliber and his resume, I think, warrants. So, 
you know, a lot of people speculate where would Aaron Rodgers end up going. You know, a lot of, he's from the Bay Area, so you know that's why the 49ers move looked like it made some sense. You know, the Rams inquiring about it. You know, he's engaged to Shailene Woodley, Hollywood actress, and then over the, this past off season, he took up Jeopardy hosting duties for two weeks and he's expressed interest in being the full-time Jeopardy host and felt and feels like he could do that while also being quarterback of a team so if he was on the west coast that would make things a lot easier so it'll be interesting you know Aaron Rodgers obviously still wants to play court or football he's still a competitive dude and he's still playing at the top level so it'll be interesting to see if Green Bay can you know smooth over that relationship and get their quarterback happy and productive going into 2020 21 or maybe they're facing a reality where they're going to have to end up trading their disgruntled MVP. So, you know, looking at some of the other, you know, other notable picks I'd feel like for the first round. So, one of the first one that stands out is San Francisco. They used their third round draft pick to draft Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. So, you know, North Dakota State it's you know it's not a division 1 college football program so you know they're not competing for BCS you know bowls or you know the college football playoff they're not going to be in any of the Big 10 or Pac 10 conferences but it doesn't mean that you know good quarterbacks come out of or I don't know about we could say good quarterbacks, but, you know, pretty competitive quarterbacks have come out of, you know, these schools. You know, for example, North Dakota State, Trey Lance basically replaced Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was the the quarterback at North Dakota State before he got drafted number two overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, You got Joe Flacco. He was in, you know, played the same level of college football. So, you know, you can find, you know, good quality starting quarterbacks. You know, so I don't think that that should be too much of a knock to Trey Lance, but I think that it definitely is a concern that you know last year, 2020, he only played one game, and it was kind of a game that he definitely looked rusty, and that was it. So sure, he had a really impressive 2019, and I mean, it was really impressive regardless of competition. You know, he threw for 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So he was, you know didn't turn over the ball and then to go on top of that passing he rushed for 1100 yards and had 14 rushing touchdowns so 14 rushing touchdowns to the 28th on the in the air so you know the dude is a stud you know he's six foot four 225 pounds only 20 years old so he's obviously you know still kind of green and has stuff to learn you know he's a young dude but the san francisco 49ers still have jimmy g jimmy g's a solid quarterback i think there's a reason why they didn't want to move him is because they had plans on taking this 20 year old you know quarterback that has all the talent in the world but i think you know i wouldn't say he's quite ready i don't i don't see him being a week week one quarterback but you know the type of offense that he played in north dakota state it was a pro style offense he made excellent reads and he looks like he's going to fit perfectly in that Kyle Shanahan offense i think it was an excellent pick i think 49ers fans are probably happy cuz you know leading up to the draft a lot of people are thinking mac jones was going to end up being the quarterback and you know mac jones is someone i'm going to talk about in you know probably 
probably a couple minutes because he wound up on the team that I root for, and I'm happy with the pick. But I can understand why 49er fans were kind of skeptical slash annoyed because you know the 49ers had to give up a lot to jump up into that third number three overall position. San Francisco had to give up two first round picks and a third round draft pick just to be able to, you know, pick at number three. And Mac Jones is someone that a lot of the scouts weren't rating as, you know, one of the top two or three quarterbacks out there. A lot of people after Trevor Lawrence, you know, had Justin Fields and Zach Wilson ahead of Mac Jones. So I could see definitely why, and Trey Lance. So I could see why San Francisco 49er fans were kind of annoyed that if the, the 49ers would give up that many, you know, future draft picks or actually, you know, the quality of those future draft picks for a dude that's not even one of the highest rated quarterbacks. You know, but at the end of the day, they did get their guy. It has kind of. You know, in terms of Trey Lance versus Justin Fields, you know, Justin Fields was the quarterback that of Ohio State. And, you know, for the past couple of years, a lot of people were assuming that the 2021 draft, it was going to be Trevor Lawrence, number one, Justin Fields, number two. And it had been like that, you know, even when they were coming out of high school, you know, scouts had been looking at those two dudes as like having the most raw talent and being one of the you know best young quarterbacks and future you know first round draft picks and they've definitely fulfilled that and Justin Fields he was impressive in college he you know his he led Ohio State to beat Clemson in the college football playoff last year he was a complete stud I feel like his stock was in an all-time high after the college football playoff but over the past three months you know three four months of people just talking and speculating you know his stock fell a lot of people felt like his throws were too deliberate that maybe under pressure that you know he started getting flustered the more he got hit so you know that kind of tended to drop his draft stock but in 22 games at Ohio State this guy threw for 63 touchdowns nine interceptions he's six foot three 227 pounds he's 22 years old and you know He's just, he looks like a stud to me. So for him getting taken at number 11 by the Chicago Bears, I think that's a good pick for them because he's a solid quarterback. And honestly, while he was falling, I was hoping he was going to fall all the way to 15 for the Patriots because I thought that would have been an awesome pickup for the Patriots. <clears throat> but the Chicago Bears, they went and found their guy. But now it's their responsibility to develop him because you know Chicago's been a place where quarterbacks go to die or just quarterbacks go and just stagnate and don't get better or never develop at all, you know, because, you know, some of the concerns with Justin Fields, as I had mentioned, it's like he holds the ball a little too long trying to look for the deep ball or he gets flustered when he gets hit. And let's be real, Chicago does not have the best offensive line and those are going to be some problems if he doesn't, you know, fix that. But, you know, in the meantime, I think that, you know, Chicago Bear fans, the, you have a right to be excited because you potentially, you know, have a quarterback that, you know, maybe be able to get some shit done. But then also at the same time, you guys have Andy Dalton and Nick Foles still under under contract. So that's a mess. We'll see if Chicago tries to move one of those guys at some point. So Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama. You know, he's going to New England. It looks like he's, you know, maybe he'll be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And, you know, the guy's a stud. A lot of people keep touting that he's, 
you know, he may not look like the most physically imposing dude. He's definitely got a doughy looking body. But as every year, you know, when the draft rolls around or anytime Tom Brady does something excellent, they love showing that draft combine photo of Tom Brady looking like he's just a string bean with no muscle tone. So that doesn't necessarily, you know, you don't have to be chiseled like a god to be, you know, a top notch quarterback. And, you know, Mac Jones, you know, he's going to get top-notch coaching. He's going to be coached by Bill Belichick and uh, Josh McDaniels themselves, you know. So we'll see if how good he was at Alabama when he was surrounded by all the best weapons. We'll see if he'll be able to translate that talent, his accurate throws, you know, his good decision-making. Let's see if that translates to the NFL, you know. But as a New England Patriots fan, knowing that, you know, he'll be able to – slot behind cam newton and learn probably for a year and then hopefully take over you know new england's got some good tight ends dry throat but they got a couple good tight ends some good wide receivers now so you know hey maybe we'll see mac jones at some point in the season but i'm also kind of hoping not to because i feel if mac jones does wind up playing the season that means that things probably aren't going too well for the Patriots so yeah we'll see how he turns up and then the Raiders you know doing Raiders things they were drafting at number 17 and before the draft pick came in in my head I was just like let's see how they messed this up and then as sure as shit they announced they were drafting offensive tackle from Alabama Alex Leatherwood and I'm sure this guy's good I mean he was a tackle for Alabama which is the best college football you know program I mean if you look at I think they had five or six people drafted in the first round yesterday so they're a college program that just shits out NFL talent you know this guy's no different but I guess there was a lot of silence you know from all the analysts when that was announced and I guess it's because, you know, for example, Mel Kuyper had him projected going mid to late second round. They eventually flashed on the graphic that apparently there was a 60% chance that he would have still been available to the Raiders if they had not drafted him in the first round and waited for him to come around in the second round. So, you know, under John Gruden, you know, a couple years ago, they, they had a bunch of first-round draft picks. People were feeling that he reached when he drafted for that Keelan for Farrell or whatever. And, you know, so that was kind of a reach. And then, sure enough, he reached again. So I don't know if this is a case of John Gruden's, uh, you know, this guy has good character, and that's what he drafted based on. So we'll see, you know, Raider fans – you can take solace and maybe being like, ah, Kel- Mel Kuyper at the end of the day doesn't know shit. So maybe this guy will end up being a stud offensive tackle. And God knows that you guys need a better offensive line after completely blowing up your offensive line this off season. So, and then the Steelers, they got a new running back. Alabama's Najee Harris. This guy is a stud. You know, I think he'll be a good replacement for James Conner, who they let go this offseason. You know, they haven't had a really, truly electric back since Le'Veon Bell. And while Najee Harris isn't quite the receiving, multi-versatile running back that Le'Veon Bell is, you know, he's a big running back. He's kind of gotten comparisons to kind of maybe a Derrick Henry. So that's pretty exciting for Pittsburgh Steelers fans and fantasy football fans as well but I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are definitely going to need to invest in their rushing offense and their 
their rush blocking because I think over the past two years they've had they've ranked like if not the worst or like bottom five in rushing blocking so you know you can't rush if, if no one's blocking for you so we'll see how that works out and then Travis Etienne, he's joining Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville. So he's the Clemson running back, is joining the Clemson quarterback down in Jacksonville. So that'll be, you know, Jacksonville should be an exciting at least offense, you know, with those guys. You know, Travis Etienne now joins a running back backfield with James Robinson. You know, James Robinson was a top five fantasy running back last season. He was definitely one of those you know clutch pickups if you were able to grab them off the waiver wire in the first week now i know that some people that might be playing dynasty or fantasy football that have james robinson might have thought that they had an rb1 or rb2 and now with etienne joining and urban meyer proclaiming that etienne's going to be used as a third down back i'm sure james robinson dynasty owners aren't too happy to hear that but you know he never know james robinson has probably the top spot in the depth chart and should get a majority of the carries so you know I don't think that spells complete doom and gloom for James Robinson's fantasy outlook and yeah so I mean that's that's all I got for you today in terms of covering the NFL and the draft and bitching about YouTube commercials so you know if you enjoyed what you listened to today you know be a friend tell a friend you know and and as always also if you did enjoy what you listened to you just pretend you never listened to this and mosey on with your day i appreciate everyone that takes the time to download and listen to this podcast you guys are fucking sick best fans in the world but you know what why don't you enjoy the rest of your feel good friday or your weekend or whatever day you're deciding to listen to this podcast hope you enjoy the rest of your day but with that I've been Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster show coming to you from the Tesla studios here in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Have a great one, guys. Peace.